The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, today we're going to be having another one of Dr. Carol's rants, (laughs) a psychological look at today's headlines. And um, one of the things that's been in the headlines now for a little while and uh, surely has not left the headlines uh, in the sense that uh, lawsuits have been filed. I mean, we haven't heard the end of it. Let's put it that way. And that is the Ashley Madison scandal. Now, the reason why I want to um, start with that and talk a little bit about that is because uh, there, are, there are a lot of repercussions from that and also a lot of things that are highlighted by that that are wrong with today's marriages. First of all, um, you know, yes, uh, thousands, if not uh, hundreds of thousands, or more than that even actually, I mean, depending upon uh, how well we can trust the statistics of Ashley Madison members, according to them so far, um, there are countless (laughs) families that um, have been and will be uh, affected by the um, the hack of the Ashley Madison website, the website that uh, allows people to match online if they want to have an affair. Their theme is life is short, have an affair. So, um, I mean, we can talk about why. Why, first of all. Um, so many people, I mean, probably the, the statistics that they have given are probably close to the truth because, because it's been hacked and because we are going to know ultimately the, the, the final truth. So, um, you know, why are so many people uh, in unhappy marriages and looking for affairs? I mean, there are people who will say, well, it's because man is not meant to be monogamous, nor is woman. <laughs> um, we need to have more sex partners in our life to keep life interesting. Um, I don't really think that that's necessarily true. But what is true is that people get married, first of all, for the wrong reasons. Um, as those of you who have been listening to the show know for a while, know um, I've written the book, Bad Boys, Why We Love Them, How to Live With Them, and When to Leave Them, and Bad Girls, Why Men Love Them, and How Good Girls Can Learn Their Secrets. And what that tells us, or what I've found in doing the research for these books, is that um, men and women are seduced into marriage for the wrong reasons. 
Um, women, you know, do get attracted to bad boys, and of course it depends upon uh, their relationship with their father. It has to do with their having had a dysfunctional relationship with their father when they were little girls, and that causes them to be attracted to certain types of bad boys depending upon this dysfunctional relationship, um, whether it was a father who wasn't there physically or wasn't there emotionally or was abusive or uh, was depressed or, um, you know, had um, the mother wore the pants in the families. I talk about 12 different types of, of father-daughter relationships that, that send um, little girls when they grow up towards relationships with bad boys and towards specific types of bad boys. And then when after the women have been hurt, enough in dating enough bad boys. Some women go on to become bad girls and then go after men for the wrong reasons. They've, they, because they don't believe they're lovable, starting out with uh, the relationship that they had with their father that causes them to not feel lovable, they then go after bad boys because they don't feel they deserve a good boy and because they're afraid to get too close. The intimacy that good boys offer uh, is frightening to women who have been hurt or felt rejected in relationships with their father. So they unconsciously pick relationships with bad boys um, so that they don't have to get that close, so that they, they aren't ultimately hurt as much as they were with their first uh, girl-boy relationship, that is their father. And so... So women, you know, get into these relationships, they're going to fix the guy. I mean, that's the, that's the general um, thinking pattern. They want the relationship with a man to turn out to be better, to have a happier ending than it did with their father. So they pick men even though or because they have these flaws and their plan is to fix them. Okay, they're an alcoholic. Well, good. Then he won't be attracted to anybody else. I can, I'll be the one to, to rescue him and fix him, and then he'll love me forever. Well, unfortunately, that doesn't happen. Same thing, um, you know, with, with women who, uh, where the bad boy, you know, there's always some flaw, um, you know, something that needs fixing. And so the woman feels that she'll fix this, and then he'll be devoted to her forever, unlike her dad, and life will be great. Well, obviously, that's not the way to start a marriage, and then, because down the line, <laughs> these women find that they can't fix these men, at least not to the extent that they need fixing, or the men um, become fixed, and then they go look for another woman who um, they couldn't have gotten when they had these, this flaw, but now... They feel that some better woman, you know, whatever better means to them, um, will want them because now they're fixed. So they go off looking for somebody else. And same thing for men. Men get attracted. I mean, the trick of, you know, it's all about seduction. Bad girls use seduction um, to to get a man to marry them, um, to, you know, from... From um, sexual seduction to seduction because the man feels uh, excited again uh, and so on. And, and the man marries them. And then, you know, he, down the road he realizes, okay, um, <laughs> you know, yes, she was very sexy or very attractive or she looked like Barbie, but to be married to her is not as much fun. I thought Ken was having more fun in that Barbie house than I am. And um, and so down the line, he realizes that uh, she's too high maintenance. 
she cheats on him. Um, you know, she's not there. He gets to see the other parts of her. He was he was blinded by how 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 she made him feel, which was like the biggest stud on the planet. And I talk about just like I talk about twelve types of bad boys. I talk about twelve types of bad girls, and they they seduce these men in twelve different ways. And so, bottom line. Um, the women who marry the bad boys for the wrong reasons and the men who marry the bad girls for the wrong reasons, down the line, um, they realize that they're not really happy in their marriages and they should have picked someone else. It's buyer's remorse. And then it's not just about bad boys and bad girls. It can be, it can be the other way. I mean, that's typically, but it can be the other way. It can be, um, you know, uh, people who marry for love or marry marry someone, maybe it's someone who is insecure and they marry someone um, uh, for who they think will fit them at that particular stage and then they uh, go on and they better themselves and they feel like the person who stuck with them when before they were so successful, now they think they can get somebody better. Again, whatever better it means. Um, so, down the road, um, these couples uh, are unhappy. And the most, typical, the, the most typical situation is, and it is more men than women who look for affairs, although certainly there are women, and that's one of the types of bad girls, actually, that I talk about. Um, but there are women who, uh, as well, who are looking for affairs, who are married, um, but it's mostly men whose wives started out really looking attractive and, and the, who were sexy and uh, not in a bad girl way, in a fine way, you know, who, who just were like that. And, um, and, and then what happens? The, the wives get too complacent. They stop wearing the high heels. They stop wearing Victoria's Secret lingerie. Um, they stop, you know, being interesting, having interesting things to talk about. They stop doing interesting things. Um, and, and all of a sudden, these girls, these good girls, you know, I'm not saying they're all bad girls, these good girls turn into boring wives who now no longer make their man feel as though he's the sexiest man on the planet. Instead, they make the man feel as though he's getting too old, um, he's, he's, that he's boring, that he's not sexy, that life is passing him by, which is where Ashley Madison comes in with life is short, have an affair. It plays to this sense of, of um, this fear, actually. It's a fear of, of dying and not having had the grand romance that you read about or that you uh, see in movies and not wanting to, to end your life, you know, without having felt that. And maybe you felt that way once for the person that you're married to, but when, when things um, stop feeling that way, uh, as inevitably many marriages do, instead of working on the marriage, instead of going to couples therapy, um, there is this choice now that obviously many people have taken advantage of to, um, to go to Ashley Madison and to um, have an affair. And, and of course now, now the site was hacked and now um, many of these affairs have been exposed and will continue to be exposed as more people look uh, search online and sp- see whether their spouse um, was indeed one of the ones who was a member. It's really, 
you know, interesting to see some of the uh, better-known people who have been exposed, like Josh Duggar. Um, you know, he keeps, he's the gift who keeps on giving. He keeps coming up. We're, we're seeing more and more one sex scandal after another. And then a more surprising one was um, the prosecutor in the Casey Anthony case. He was on Ashley Madison. You know, I love it. These people who act like they are better than thou, better than all of us, more holier than thou, you know, that they, they're, um, they live life to a higher standard, and then they get exposed as, as you know, having um, uh, cheating on their, on their spouse. Um, which, you know, and, and they're the ones who are criticizing everybody else. I mean, it's one thing to cheat, <laughs> but it's another thing to be to hold yourself out there as a beacon of what everybody else should follow and then to be exposed. And I think, um, uh, you know, I think that, that that's sadder in a sense. Um, when we come back, I'm going to be talking about other headlines in the news, but I do want to mention the reason why I was bringing up Ashley Madison mainly is because I want people who, families who have been hit by this, um, to not run to, not have the first call be to the divorce lawyer, but to have the first call be to a therapist, a psychotherapist for couples counseling, especially if you have children. Any marriage, whether it's Ashley Madison or any other reason why couples are thinking of divorce, if you have children, you owe it to your children to spend at least one year in therapy. That's once a week at least for one year going to psychotherapy to try to put your marriage back together. Now, in some cases, it's, it's irretrievable. It's, it's irreconcilable differences. Um, but if, even when that's the case, you learn what your part was in making this marriage go south, and you, you learn for the next relationship that you get into how to make it better. So there is no downside, and everyone owes that to their children to, uh, before, they, before they call the divorce lawyers. I've been, you know, as, as one of my hats as a psychiatric expert witness, um, I've been involved in lots of divorce and custody cases, and it is not a pretty picture, especially the custody cases. The whole family is ripped apart. Even people who want to have these amicable divorces, um, you know, it gets into power plays. It gets into turning one child against the other. Um, and just it just gets to be very ugly very quickly. So um, if you think that you know your children aren't going to be harmed, it's absolutely not true. All children. I have yet to see one child who has not been scarred by their parents' divorce, and it comes out in ways you know you may not see it right away, but it comes out later on. So I will um, continue talking about this and get in, getting into some of the other headlines, the, the migrants flooding Europe and so on, um, Hillary, um, the lion shooter. <laughs> there are lots of juicy headlines in the news, so I'll be uh, chatting about and giving my psychological perspective on them when we come back. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? 
Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about the headlines, giving my psychological perspective, and ranting a bit, as I always (laughs) do when I go through the headlines. Um, It's just, you know, you wake up, I'm sure many of you um, do exactly what I do, wake up in the morning and uh, go to the computer and look at the headlines, and, (laughs) you know, it it seems like it's... If 10 years ago um, we would have seen a movie about the typical headlines that we see when we, when we wake up in the morning, we wouldn't believe, you know, we would say, oh, that movie isn't believable. That could never happen. Every day the headlines get crazier and crazier, and the world actually is, um, is becoming more chaotic, is becoming more crazy. Let's just say it like it is. Um, because we're flooded with these things. And yes, we have resilience. Some of us have more resilience than others. But um, it's hard to keep, um, to keep sane when we're hit every day with more and more outrageous kinds of things. I mean, murders in more outrageous ways than before, more of them, or certainly more of them in the news, um, and just all kinds of, of topics that are really that are really um, soul-damaging. One of them that's currently in the news is, of course, the problem of migrants um, leaving Syria, leaving other countries where there is strife, and flooding, for the, for the moment, flooding Europe and flooding Greece, flooding Italy. Um, now, you know, some European countries opening their doors, some of them trying to keep a lid on this. Um, what, what do you do? I mean, yes, of course, it's really sad that um, families are having to suffer what they're suffering from in, the, in these war-torn countries, in these poor countries. Um, so, of course, it's understandable that they would want to migrate someplace else, someplace better. But what is happening? I mean, the problem is that it's... Well, there are a number of problems, but one problem is, the problem that I'm most concerned about is that it's not just um, poor families torn apart. It is also, amongst this, this mix, um, it is very easy for terrorists to be slipping through uh, or to be purposely, you know, to be purposely caught up in this mix um, with an aim 
to do no good. Or, for that matter, um, people who aren't terrorists, you know, whose, whose motivation currently isn't terrorism, but who go to these countries and who find themselves um, not really in a better situation than they were in, or let's put it this way, not in as good of a situation as they had hoped for. Because, because um, the, uh, European countries aren't able to absorb, you know, there's a limit to how much um, any country is able to absorb in terms of providing food and clothing and, and housing and all of that for people who have nothing. They come there with nothing. And it strains the resources of any country, even the countries who want to do their best, you know, who want to be um, great humanitarians and want to help these people. But, you know, let me take Greece, for example, and the island of Lesbos, um, where so many of these migrants currently are. The conditions are appalling. And it's not because the Greek people don't want to help in a better way. And, in fact, um, many individuals have come and have bought things, and, and they do try to help. But, I mean, using Greece as an example, they're having enough, before the migration, they were having enough problems themselves um, in trying to survive, you know, with the great debt uh, that they have and, and the monetary problems that they have. And now um, send in thousands of, of, of migrants who have nothing, who are an added drain on the economy, and you have a pot that um, is a very dangerous situation, um, not just even in regard to terrorism, but, but you know, when people, when you have a, a lot of people in crowded situations, um, who are angry that they are not being given more by a government, um, that is a recipe for disaster. And on top of that, of course, um, it, it, it is for those people who either currently or eventually um, will have a, will become sympathetic when they're not getting their needs met, become sympathetic to the values of terrorism, it is it, it it is even more of a disaster. I mean, I think history is going to look back on the these days as uh, these migrants are getting absorbed into countries, um, you know, mainly Europe right now, um, but but other countries. Uh, the UK has been taking in a lot of migrants. The UK has its own problems with terrorism right now, terrorists in, in their midst. I was just reading about um, how there were so many terrorist attacks barely foiled in the last year. Um, I mean, that's happening in France, of course. We know that's a, a problem as well. And I remember, you know, I lived in Europe. For um, when I went to medical school in Belgium, I lived in Belgium for three years. I lived in Paris for two and a half years. I certainly traveled around to all the other countries in Europe, so I know what was going on um, when I was in medical school. There was already a problem of um, migrants coming, which is nothing like what it is today. A problem in terms of of the government not being able to afford to take care of all these people. There would be people on street corners, you know, people in France, for example. Um, in Paris, you know, from, from Africa, 
um, who were there trying to sell their wares on street corners, who were poor, um, people begging in the metro. Uh, you know, this was uh, it, it, the problem. The, it's almost impossible to, to think about how much worse the problem is and will be with all the migrants flooding into it. Now, of course, this brings a, um, a very big problem. How do you turn your back on people who are in this, these crises, who are in these countries, uh, war-torn countries or poverty-stricken poverty countries, people who you know, want to have a better life for themselves? I mean, my grandparents... Um, at least three out of the four came from came from Europe um, to America to have a better land. So how do I, in, in good conscience, one of them, my other grandparent was from Texas, but her parents were from from European countries too. So my ancestry, let's put it that way, are all from Europe, and they all came to America to have a better life. And um, so how you know how would I? Uh, in good conscience, say that we shouldn't take people in who are from other countries who are looking for the same thing to have a better life. Of course, I, I think one difference is, though, that um, that my, certainly I'll speak for my family. Um, I don't want to make sweeping generalizations, but um, you know they came here with very little, and um, they worked very hard. And my grandfather, for example, he came with his mother and his siblings, and his father died when he was six years old, and he was out on the corner selling newspapers at six years old. Um, they were, you know, and he built himself up. He became a, a very successful uh, man who owned a business. Um, and all of these people worked really hard and built themselves up. Now, you know, I, I, I know that... I mean, I think the difference is that a lot of people, and and I can't speak for everyone, but a lot of people, although, of course, they would want to have a job, jobs aren't so easy to get, and so a lot of people are turning towards um, it's just handouts, expecting governments to take care of them. And that's a, that's a difference between, I think, you know, the situation today and the situation as it was years ago. Um, again, not that, I mean, there are lots of people today who are migrants who are hoping to have, to work their way up. Um, but because of the lack of jobs, because of the mentality that there is today, a lot of people are just expecting handouts. And, um, as I was saying, that's just a, a recipe for disaster. Um, I think instead, we, the countries, instead of countries just accepting, um, putting no, no boundaries, no limits on the number of, of immigrants that they, that they accept, they should instead work towards trying to make um, other places safer and better and, and um, uh, give people a chance to have jobs and make a better life for themselves in other places. You don't see uh, some of the Arab countries... Um, who have you know billions and billions of dollars? Um, there was just there was one actually a person that I heard about um, who who is um, who has an island and he's a multi billionaire and um, he's apparently been thinking about or started doing you taking one of his islands and he would let people go there. You know, why don't we hear from those people, more of those people, who would make uh, opportunities for these migrants 
um, you know, why is it that, that everyone is expecting, expecting European countries? And certainly in the United States, um, there certainly is no way that we can that we can take the risk. I mean, we already have an immigration problem because we don't have enough. We have so many illegal immigrants. There's no way that we can um, open our borders now with this risk. Um, it's not even a risk, with the certainty that there would be um, terrorists taking this opportunity to come into America to create terrorist attacks. Uh, I mean, in America, there's no question about that. And really, in Europe, there isn't either. Because that is, I mean, it is against the West. Terrorists are, their plan is um, not only to, to take over America, but it's to take over all the West. And this is, this is like a, a perfect storm. This is a perfect opportunity for terrorists to, to immerse themselves, um, uh, to be amongst the, the, the migrants who are coming over and, and to, to either, as I said, either with their motivation being this now or their motivation becoming this later when they don't get taken care of well enough and they become angry at the West for not taking care of them, not giving them enough food, you know, having them not, not uh, being able to fix the living conditions um, that, they, that they're living in because of how many of them there are. So it's a sad problem. It's a, it's a, it's a problem that makes us question our conscience. Um, but at the same time, unfortunately, we cannot, we cannot allow ourselves to forget about the ultimate goal that terrorists have. I mean, you know, it's, this is not just about something happening in the Middle East. This is not just about ISIS staying put in the Middle East. Um, it's about the, the plan uh, to, take over, to take over the West. And that is not going to change no matter how nice we are to migrants. So um, we need to start coming up with other plans and, and helping these people where they are or create opening islands, um, you know, people who can afford to uh, be more generous, billionaires, uh, opening islands to, to take the overflow of the migrants. Well, we need to take another break. Um, you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll come back with more headlines, of course, um, uh, one of the big things in the news today is Kim Davis being released from jail. You know, all of these um, moral conundrums that we're dealing with. Uh, so stay tuned. As I said, you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? 
call the Terrorism Hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. I'm talking with you today about headlines, giving my psychological perspective, and my rants. You know, no wonder I like Donald Trump so much. <laughs> he says whatever he thinks and, uh, and gets into trouble for it. Well, <laughs> as you know, on this show I say pretty much what I think, but I'm trying, as he is actually, trying to... Um, Get people to see things the way um, the way that I see them, uh, because I'm trying to stop things from going south. Trying to wake people up to things, and one of the things um, that I'm trying to wake people up to, that I've been trying to wake people up to, um, is is the the imminent um, threat of terrorism. You know, everybody sits around. Um, and and thinks that 9/11 could never happen again, and or something even similar to 9/11 could never happen here, could never happen again, and really, <laughs> that's a fool's paradise. Um, really, you know, there there is a march that terrorists have not stopped marching, and so that's why that's why I try to uh, to get everyone to pay attention to. Um, to, to be a little more cognizant of this, to not to not go to sleep and um, and think that that everything is just going to be fine and dandy, and that kind of brings me actually to <laughs> segue to um, what's going on in the Senate today. The talks have begun about the nuclear treaty with Iran um, and um, how how apparently it's not looking good. The treaty, well, it's looking great for, the, for Obama and looking great for the treaty to go through. Um, and even though there are a lot of Republicans in Congress, um, somehow or other, well, somehow or other, I'm sure there have been lots of, lots of bribes and deals done under the table, um, but apparently the latest thinking is that um, there are enough Democrats or enough people to um, to vote against to vote for the deal uh, to not you know get the deal off track um, that apparently uh, they're thinking that Obama may not even have to veto it. I mean, this is all left to be seen, and and uh, I don't know. I find it quite shocking, but. Um, but in any case, the Republicans want to have this up for discussion because they want, and I don't really want to say, I mean, I mean, yes, it's mostly Republicans who are against the treaty, but it's not, it's not totally split 100% uh, down the line. But, um, you know, well, 
the people who are against the treaty, let's put it that way, want to have everybody on record, want all the um, congressmen, all the people who are going to be, uh, who could potentially vote for this, to have their name on the record as far as how they voted. Because down the line, <laughs> when it turns out, as it absolutely will, that um, that this was a horrendous, ridiculous treaty for us to to get into. Um, at least the people who who were for it will have their names in the record as having been for it, having not voted against it, having not prevented it, and um, and. <laughs> You know, so that in, in history, I mean, that's not going to help when we're all dead because <laughs> a nuclear bomb comes over us. Um, but, but at least, um, at least it will be important for the votes to be on the record, and hopefully that will uh, that will happen. Um, but you know, I mean, Netanyahu. I watched his speech, as I'm sure many of you did. Um, and when he came to Washington, he made this incredibly eloquent speech as to why um, we should be against the treaty. And it's, um, it, but not just because of how how it uh, means. You know, these are the people who are who are chanting death to Israel, but they're also chanting death to the West, death to America. And even during these past weeks, when the treaty was finalized at least amongst the people who were working on the treaty before it went to congress um, the they the people who um, are are for the treaty um, are saying you know the, the, their sentiments of death to america have not stopped i mean they're laughing at us they're laughing at how um, how we got into this treaty and how we're we're not stopping it um, and and I mean, it, it just boggles my mind. I mean, I'm almost, <laughs> I'm almost speechless because it's not, so many people have been um, have brought up reasons, have explained from the from the fact that this is only good for ten years, you know, ten to fifteen years, and then certain things change, and um, and the fact that they're that they get to police their own um, their own. Um, Weapons, you know, their own progress. Uh, I mean, there, you know, there, I'm not going to go through all of the different reasons, but it certainly has been clear. I mean, if you've been following the news, um, there certainly have been enough people who have brought up enough things that are wrong with this for us to not go along with it. And if Obama, I mean, you've heard my shows about, or if you haven't, please check in the archives. Um, um, in fact, I, I recently replayed it, uh, a show that where we talk about Obama's agenda and why he is for this. And, um, and you know, but, but it's not, it's, it's bad enough um, that Obama is pulling the wool over our eyes, has been pulling the wool over our eyes, but then for Congress to not wise up enough to, to stop it, to try to stop it, um, yes, of course, he would, you know, veto it, he would, but at least to go on record, I mean, there's not going to be another president soon enough um, this is a really dangerous situation we're getting into. When we drop the sanctions, 
um, and start giving them money, then uh, they will already be able to start using that money to buy more uranium, to buy more weapons, um, to get in bed with other people who are against the, the U.S., um, like like North Korea or like Russia. I mean, we are we we are we're just a laughing stock. Obama has been such a weak president. We are just a laughing stock, and now it's just sad that um, I mean, it's one thing we elected Obama president, and that was a problem. <laughs> that was a big mistake. But for 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 the Congress, I mean, you know, there's one president, but there are lots of congressmen and and women, and for. And for um, for all of those people to not have paid enough attention to all the reasons why this this treaty is a disaster is just really sad. I mean, it, it just is a sad commentary, and it kind of goes back to what I was saying about us being in denial of terrorism, that we are not paying attention enough to be putting enough pressure on our representatives in Congress in the Senate and the House, to get them to understand, to wake up and realize um, that this is that they should be against it. And you know, I mean, the, whatever it has. I mean, some of the people who have come out um, for it, I, it's it's just been really surprising and, and sad. And and it, I wish that there would have been investigations into what went on. Uh, under the table, you know, what got them to to uh, vote in this way or to, to be for this um, incredibly bad treating. So, um, I mean, it really is a call for all of us to be much more involved in politics and to be much more involved with and knowledgeable about what's going on in the news. And... Um, and to try and make our voices heard more in Washington because um, because this is really going in the absolute wrong direction. Well, um, and, you know, I know that there's, uh, I mean, there's, the elections are early. Um, I mean, we're not, you know, we're not close to the actual election. It's still early in the run for an election for the new president, but and of course lots of things can happen between now and then. But um, but I certainly hope that someone um, will get in who recognizes all of the dangers and all of the and where the, the wrong direction that America has been going in um, during these years of the Obama presidency. Well, it's time to take another break. Um, When we come back, I want to talk about uh, uh, Kim Davis and her being released from uh, jail, uh, going back to work tomorrow. That's another um, moral conundrum, as I was starting to say before. Um, And uh, we'll talk about that. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I mean, there's there's, there's not a lack of things to... uh, to think about and to take a stand on. So you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman.
Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, ranting at the headlines (laughs) and telling you what to do, (laughs) what to believe. This is just my opinion. Actually, what I am telling you is to pay attention to the headlines and to wake up from complacency. You don't have to agree with me, but um, form your own opinion and talk about it and call your congressmen and women. Um, Okay, I wanted to talk about Kim Davis. She is the county clerk in Kentucky who just spent five days in jail. She is. uh, She was just released from jail today. She's planning on going back to work tomorrow. Uh, we'll see what happens, whether that's whether she's going to be allowed to. Um, she uh, she was the county clerk who was against um, marrying, giving marriage certificates to gay couples. Um, her Christian religion is against uh, gay marriage, and she um, didn't want to go against her religion, her morals. That's her beliefs. And so she was willing to spend five days in jail. I mean, she was willing to go to jail. She didn't know how many days she was going to have to spend there. And regardless of whether, you know, what you think about um, whether gay marriages should be recognized or great or um, not great or whatever your feeling about that is, um, I think that her being willing to stand up for her beliefs um, and going to jail for them, uh, you know, is there something to be said for that? Uh, she was held in contempt of court, that, or con- and she because she didn't contempt uh, for not she didn't um, follow through with her duties as the county clerk um, to ratify these marriages. Um, she was she now okay, so now she's being let out of jail, but she really wants to drive her point home. Um, and so she's challenging the marriages, the marriage licenses that were given without her. They, she wants her name removed from them. She wants an accommodation to be made um, that her, she doesn't want her name attached to these licenses. Um, now, I don't know, 
I mean, you know, it seems to me she, she could have gotten, made the whole thing easier on herself by just uh, quitting and getting another job. So, um, but, you know, again, she is standing up for her beliefs, so she's now challenging these um, marriages. She's, uh, you know, she's, in other words, creating another brouhaha, um, trying to get her point across. And what's interesting is that Huckabee and Cruz, uh, presidential candidates, came to the rally today, and they are supporting her. And, um, you know, I'm not really sure where that's going to go, but I will say it's interesting. You know, I wonder what it was like for her uh, in the jail um, in Kentucky. It was, it was a relatively small jail. Um, I'm sure I don't think the conditions... You know, I, I, I'm not saying that it was a picnic, but um, what, what happens with jails, and I've been to a lot of them because as, a, as, a, as an expert witness, um, when I work on criminal cases, I go to jails to evaluate the prisoners, it's a, you know, do a psychiatric evaluation of them um, in regard to whatever their case is about. So I have been in jails, seen jails, um, visited prisoners, for, to do such evaluations from Jonathan Schmitz, who was convicted of the Jenny Jones murder, um, albeit second degree, <laughs> thanks to my, uh, my explanation of um, diminished capacity, why he had diminished capacity and why he shouldn't have been convicted of first degree. In fact, he shouldn't have been convicted of second degree either. It was really manslaughter. And to... Um, to California jails, L.A. jails, um, where I was evaluating Redmond O'Neill um, in regard to his d- drug charges against him. So I've seen lots of jails. And one thing I see um, is that when you do have a, a so-called celebrity prisoner, such as Jonathan or such as Redmond, in other words, a prisoner that the media is paying attention to, uh, jails, you know, it's, it's kind of a... Uh, a double-edged sword because there are prisoners in those jails who are jealous of these celebrity prisoners and they um, want to, you know, want their own notoriety by um, taking these prisoners down or, you know, they want to be in the news for that or they're angry, you know, at something to do with these, with these prisoners. Um, on the other hand, the jails want to make sure that these celebrity prisoners are kept safe because since the media is paying attention to them, they don't want, um, they don't want their jail to get a bad reputation. They know that if something does happen to these celebrity prisoners that the media you know, is curious about altogether to begin with, um, that there is a lot more likelihood that it's going to get in the news and the headlines <laughs> that um, that they don't keep their prisoners safe. That this kind, these kinds of uh, uh, violent events or you know otherwise dangerous events can happen to people in their prisoner in their prison. So it's it's usually a double-edged sword, but it's a different um, a different kind of situation for people um, who are celebrities and who the media is paying attention to. Of course, once the media stops paying as much attention, then all bets are off, and then it becomes more dangerous for them. Now, just as Kim Davis is getting out of jail, has gotten out of jail, um, we also have Dr. Palmer, the uh, Cecil the Lion shooter, the dentist, 
um, who uh, got out of his self-imposed jail, in a sense, um, by going back to his dental practice today. He apparently thinks or is hoping that people will forget about the fact that he killed this beloved lion or any lion in Africa um, and is hoping that he can go back to business as usual. Now, and there, have been, there has been somewhat of a demonstration outside of his office. Um, I think he deserves to be punished. I talked about this uh, on a show before, how really um, the poaching and the shooting for fun of animals in Africa is horrendous and should be stopped. And, um, you know, he's claiming that everything that he did was legal and, you know, he's trying to pass the buck and blame it on the people who uh, gave him permission to, to, to conduct the safari to shoot the lion. But it just is not believable. And I think that he does, uh, should have some um, punishment, some should be, um, sent back to Africa to stand trial or should have some kind of punishment for what he did as a deterrent for other people going and shooting, uh, I mean, you know, shooting wild animals for sport. Um, of course, of course, those of you who think that it's okay to hunt here in America as well, um, to hunt, I mean, you know, when there's, I'm, I'm obviously against hunting, period, but there's a case to be made when there are, is an overgrowth of a certain kind of animal, and if the animal is going to be eaten, um, you know, if, there's, if it's not just being shot for fun or to have a, a trophy on your wall, um, but the, unfortunately, the, the kinds of things that are going on in Africa, uh, you know, is just for fun, for the trophy, and is for ivory elephant tusks, tusks elephants being killed for their tusks, and um, and rhinos and I, I mean it's just horrendous and these animals are becoming uh, in- extinct. I mean they are they are they are getting down to incredibly dangerously low levels. So there needs to be some punishment there. Well, okay, that's that has to be the end of my rant for today. We've run out of time. I hope I've made you think, even if you think that I'm, uh, even if you think I'm absolutely wrong for everything that I said. Still. Um, I hope that I've made you think about these things and talk about with them with your friends. And please call your representatives in Washington. Tell them about the treaty. Read up on it. Tell them about the reasons why you, you think this is putting America in an even more dangerous state than we are already in. So thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 